Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Kane Gang. You feel me? Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. That's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? Good afternoon, everybody. It's one o'clock. It's Friday afternoon. It's your time for the best radio show out here on Sirius XM Channel 145. It's the Kang Gang Show. It's your boy, DC, along with my main man, J-Man. What it do? What it do? What's up, man? It's, uh, it's Friday again. I, I mean, I feel like we were just recording this uh, you know, a few days ago, man. The, the weeks fly when we're looking forward to this thing. Let me tell you, man. It's It's... It's a weekend. It's it's a good weekend. Yeah. It's coming up to almost game week type situation. It is 13 days away from kickoff. And if you put that in perspective, it's Gino Toretto. It is John Petty. It is DJ Dallas days away from mm-hmm. kickoff. I love it, man. We're talking about kickoff in 13 days for that beautiful, beautiful University of Miami. Dude, I, you know, I love how many uh, pictures you've been posting on Facebook recently <laughs> of you at games. Because last week we were talking and, and you were talking about like pure joy, man. And, and I think that's something that can resonate probably with a lot of Canes fans. I know it resonated with right. me, right? Right. I love seeing those pictures of you, though, because I can, I mean, I know you, you know, we, we talk frequently. I can see that on your face, man. Like, I, I can see your face in the stands, and I'm like, I mean, that resonates with me. That, that says cane football when I see that look on your face, because I'm like, that's, that's how I feel inside. Gotcha. Well, you know, one thing that I take pride in, and again, like, like I love my family. I love my yeah. kids. I love my, my, my future wife, my missus, my everything, my world, my girl. Um, but there's just something about being there for that Canes football that just literally gets me emotionally yeah. fired up. Yeah, man. You know, and, and again, it, it's one of those things, man. Like, I just – I love it. So I've been doing it for so long. I love going to the yeah. games. And, you know, I feel like this year is special. I don't know what the – outcome may be but i just feel like i feel it in the air and i feel it in my soul that this year could be a special year now does that mean because we don't have the pac-12 and the big 10 you know which they don't win anything anyway but you know (laughs) but you know again it's just i feel special i I feel it i feel it i feel like we're gonna i feel like this is the year we get back to charlotte um i think the schedule is is very favorable you know you and i had a very very different point of conversation the other night. Like we were talking about if say if the university of Miami loses to UAB and Florida state, but beat Clemson, I don't even want to use Louisville in that equation because we destroyed Louisville last year. Okay. You know, my point was that is disastrous. Like just, there's no coming back from that. And in your eyes, you felt like, okay, losing to those two games, losing those two, two to those two teams, but beating, you know, potentially the number one team in the country in Clemson would be progress, right? Yes, but I, I think – so I, I think there would be more context than just that. Um, you know, so I, I think if, if we lose that UAB in that Florida State game, we beat Clemson, and then we finish the season strong then I'm aboard the progress train. But, it, I mean, if we go 500 again or we're a game under yeah. 500 like last year and two yeah. of those losses are Florida State and UAB, 
then I'm then I don't think that's progress. So I, I think we need to see a significant improvement on our record. If that were to happen, I would call that process progress still. Well, I mean, because so I contemplated, I, I contemplated that all week, uh-huh. you know, like, man, like, what was he trying to say there? What was he trying yeah. to get across? And, and I can understand, you know, where you're coming from to a point. Um, yeah. Clemson being a national powerhouse for the last five, six years. Yeah. Um, obviously, the last two times we've played them, we only scored three points. Yeah. And so beating them, I think, would be, you know, I don't want to call it a program changer, but if you go back to some of the years where we were down and then let's take the 98 season, we were, you know, coming off a 97 season where we were down 98, we were kind of, huh? but then you played UCLA on a rescheduled game. You beat UCLA, you crushed your national championship hopes. And then it seemed like that was a season changer moving into 99. And then it seemed like things started really picking back up. So, I could potentially see beating Clemson as a, a stepping stone in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I just can't see losing to UAB in, in your home opener and then losing to Florida State because then what happens? Okay, let's let's play devil's advocate, right? You lose to UAB. You go to Louisville. Say you beat Louisville. Then you come home and you, and you lose to Florida State. You're one and two going that's into rough. that Clemson game. That's really rough. And, and that's, that's why I think it needs to be more than just that. Like, if you beat Clemson and then you also go into Blacksburg and beat West uh, Virginia Tech and then yep. you beat North Carolina at home, then I think that's when it becomes a program-changing type win. Because, you know, like, like it just injects your program with some life and then you're beating quality teams that are rivals, air quotes. You know, they're, they're quasi-rivalries uh, like North Carolina and Virginia Tech. And, uh, and then where are you sitting in that off season? You're thinking, man, we beat the number one team in the country. We, you know, we took care of schools that are, are, you know, like budding rivalries and, uh, you know, like we killed it with our recruiting and, and, you know, so I, I think it could go both ways. Cause I certainly get what you're saying. You know, if we're losing to another group of five team and then we're losing to Florida state in one of their worst seasons that they're going to have in a long time. I certainly get what you're saying. And I don't think you're being absurd. Um, I, I just think if you beat Clemson, you beat North Carolina, you beat Virginia tech. I think you're, you're working with something there. All right. So I'm going to tell you my progress. This is where I feel like we would, we would see significant progress. Uh You beat UAB, you beat Louisville, you beat Florida state, you go up to Clemson and you keep it competitive. Maybe you lose by 10 points. Uh-huh. Now to me, that's progress. Yeah, and and I agree because you should, you should beat UAB and Florida State and Louisville. Yeah, your talent is so high. Your coaches are better. I think your scheme is better. Um, so to me, that would be my progress. I think that is progress. Winning the games that you're supposed to win, but being competitive to maybe the games you're supposed to lose by a lot too yeah to me being competitive like let's look at carolina last year who literally lost by one point to clemson you can call that a moral victory you can call it however you want but they were competitive yes when we played them in the acc championship game that wasn't competitive it was not yeah and the last time they came down to you know to the rock that definitely wasn't (laughs) got al golden fired Oh, boy. They, they, they yeah. knocked out our guy, Brad Kaya, and then uh, oh, they got our coach fired. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Just hit, hit the double whammy. Know. You know you know that game? You know, what's the game? Pressure of luck. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we got a couple double whammies on that one. Yeah. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But I think, that, you know, I think that's what would make progress to me moving forward yeah. from the University of Miami. I, I agree with you that that is ideal. I, I think the situation that you're laying out right there, that is the ideal stepping stone path to progress. And that's right, actually right. kind of what I predicted the other day on the fours up podcast. I predicted um, that we would our we would go nine and two and that we okay. would lose to Clemson. I think I predicted like a 10 to 14 point loss, like what you're talking okay. about. And then I predicted a loss in Blacksburg 
to to Virginia Tech. And I don't see that happening. You know, we should win. I say Miami. I think Miami really can run the table with their only potential loss to be Clemson. Um, the thing I do like about the Clemson game is coming after Florida State, you have a bye week, and then you're going up to Clemson. Yeah. Um, I think the chips are on the table. I think you kind of you, you lay it all out there. You hold nothing back. I think like we had talked about on uh, you know on Paul the Scoop show um, with Brad um, when we kind of helped them out the other night. You have to play your best players at every position. None of this. Okay, well he's a walk on. He's a redshirt guy. You know this is this guy. No 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 no. You want to win ball games? You play your best players in the best positions. I I you know think, I think we should. I, I mean, we're talented enough to beat Virginia Tech. That's not – I'm not thinking that we're a worse team. I'm going off of the 20 years – or the 15 years of history where we don't win every game that we should. Yeah, we no doubt, no doubt. I haven't done that in a long time, man. Well, you know what's good, though, is yesterday <laughs> – yesterday we all got some emails. Us season ticket holders got emails about, you know, selected select date, you know, we got our, our date and our time that we get to select uh, select our seats for the, for the game. So, you know, I was talking to somebody about that, and I was a little – kind of a little frustrated about how the whole ticket situation is being played out. Like, as much as the University of Miami says it's not about the money, it's always about the money. So, you know, based on where you, where you sit at, how much you give, how long you've been a season ticket holder is kind of – where you are getting your date and time in order to select your tickets. Meanwhile, you're only getting to pick three games too. And, and I kind of like that idea after I thought about it, I was like, you know what, that's giving more people opportunity to go watch games. Yeah. You know, me being the selfish guy, like I want to go to every game, <laughs> you know, but I have to take into consideration. I'm not the only like diehard university of Miami fan. So I kind of like the system that they're doing. Um, I'm excited about it. You know, that first Thursday night game, Oh, it's gonna be just magical. Yeah, I won't be. I won't be in my same seats. Like I won't be right there at the tunnel. I mean, there might be seats, you know, eight rows up. It's not the same though. It's not being in yeah. row. It's not like being in row one and watching them run through that smoke and yeah. having that smoke just fill your nostrils, get into your lungs. Yeah. Like there's nothing like that. It's that smoke. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about they don't want that smoke. No, I want that smoke. I need that smoke. You know, you I embrace know. that smoke. Yeah, and you know, I actually wanted to ask you this earlier in the in the episode, um, kind of a break from plans. But you know, I I want to hear what the University of Miami football team means to you, man, because you're you're talking about this joy, um, and you know, like my relationship with the with the Hurricane football team is very distinctive, and it represents some very distinctive things to me, especially when I was growing up in my teenage years, when I was in middle school, you know, when, when I didn't have the social life that I wanted to, but I always knew that I had my hurricanes, you know? Um, so, so that's very distinctive to me in why the program brings me joy. You know, what makes me feel so great about it? But I mean, you're, you're like famous for being a fan pretty much. And, and so I want to hear what your story is. If, if you don't mind sharing that with us, man, I want to hear why it is that this brings you so much joy. Well, first of all, how much time do we have? Because this could go a long time. <laughs> we got about four and a half minutes, man. So it, oh, let me give you a condensed version then. Okay. okay. You know, when people talk about passion, like people are passionate about so many different things. Yeah. And almost like not only are you passionate about it, you have a conviction about something. And I feel like I have a super, super, like, strong, strong passion and a super strong, strong conviction with this program. Um, a lot of people love cars. Mm -hmm. A lot of people love traveling. Like, man, I just love the University of Miami. Yeah. It's – is it the colors? Those colors are great. I love, like, the orange yeah. and green and white. I love it. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful combination. Like I just, I love how it all flows together. Um, there was nothing like sitting in the orange bowl and looking like into the East side of the open orange bowl and just seeing downtown Miami. Yeah. 
Like it was just, it was beautiful. It was picturesque, like just that backdrop. And then you get into the players, especially back then. Like those players just laid it all on the line, every single play. And that resonated with me. Like it meant something to them. And if they're going to play that hard and they're going to put that much effort into being a player, then why shouldn't I have the same type of mentality and the same type of attitude as a fan? You know, granted, I'm not playing, right? Like I'm not out there. But man, why can't I have that same type of passion and that desire and that adrenaline as a fan? And so I just started doing that. I started cheering loud. Win or lose, good play, bad play, like trying to uplift them, encourage them, support them, you know, and it just became like second nature. Like, you know, and again, so you brought up about me, you know, me posting on, you know, on social, you know, and again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it, you know, it's Kane Fan Co. on Twitter. It's, I put on for my city 74 on IG. Um, and you'll, Good to see what Jordan's talking about. Like, yeah. it's you got to have something that you are passionate about. Like, and I'm passionate about my family. Like, I love my family. Yeah. Like, love my family. I love my extended family. Like, you know, all the Kane fans, all the Kane fans out there that are genuinely like or genuine Kane fans, I love them. You know, um, you know, I have my people. I have my La Familia crew. You know, like you know, my boy Q. Uh, cause of, you know, cause of D rock and, um, big C, um, you know, Mike fingers, uh, Tito rocket, um, DJ, um, you know, Frank, Frank's part of La Familia, Larry, you know, got to give them shout outs. Um, you know, th- those, those are my people, man. And then, you know, my boy, her Shane, um, JD, like the garbage man, like these are just, they're, they're just, they're good people, like genuinely good people, you know, shout out to the West end zone crew. Um, you know, but you, you find something that has that same passion that you do yeah. and you just enjoy it. You know, you, you celebrate the same thing. You just, you celebrate the wins, you celebrate the losses and, you know, listen, I can go on and on and on and talk about my, my desire, my passion for the University of Miami. And, like, it's not going to change. And I'm hoping someday, obviously, my, my, my youngest son, Grayson, his middle name is Kane. And my goal or my hope or my dream is when, you know, he's 16, 17, 18, is being recruited by the University of Miami. Yeah. And he won't go anywhere else. <laughs> like, he would be – if he gets an offer at 16 – like you are committing and you are not taking any other offers. So that's where I'm going with that. So I think we're about up, up at the break at this moment here on the Kang Gang Show. Uh, Jordan, take us to break, buddy. Yeah, so you guys are listening to uh, Kang Gang Show. Uh, that's Derek Coe. It's me, Jordan Nelson. Um, yeah, we're having a good time, and uh, we'll catch you in a second. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tonga Vailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, 
We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Chain Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back with you here on Kang Gang Radio. On a Friday afternoon, beautiful Friday afternoon here in South Florida. Hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. J-Man is doing his thing over there. This your boy DC doing my thing on this side of the mic. Anyway, we were talking about my passion for Canes football and all this other stuff. You know, as much as I have that drive and that passion for Canes football, I'm going to give J-Man just a few minutes to talk about his his passion for his Utah Jazz. J-Man. <laughs> How you feeling about Utah Jazz right now? I know it's, you know we kind of left football and hitting the NBA a little bit, yeah. but tell me how you feel about your, your Utah Jazz. You know, I have to say I'm surprised. I well, I think it's fair to say that nobody expected Donovan Mitchell to be the best player in the playoffs so far, um, because he has you know pretty much every number, every metric. Donovan Mitchell's been the best player of the NBA playoffs to this point. Because he has to be right now. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I picked the Nuggets in seven, man. Because <laughs> I didn't expect him but to listen. What you, would you think about the last game, though? Here, here it is, you know, potentially a chance to close out that series. What do you think went wrong there? Do you think that they were just kind of like overhyped? Maybe like, okay, well, we, if we have to lose a game, this is the game to lose, that type of mentality? Or do you think that Denver just came out and played a better game? It could be. I mean, you know, like Jamal Murray is also playing incredible basketball right now. 100%. And, you know, I went on Mike McCoy's radio show, one of our slam colleagues. And, uh, yep. dude, I – Shout out to Mike. Uh, shout out to Mike. Yeah. I, I was dissing Jamal Murray left and right. You know, I was like, Jamal Murray will get 30-something. He'll get his, but it does not scare me. Um. Now we have a 3-2 lead. However, you know, Jamal Murray is making quite an impact. He's a good player. Right. He's a very good player. And I was tweeting, you know, like, the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic, who's 25, Jamal Murray, who's 23, and Michael Porter Jr. Such a young, yes. young, young talent. And but Michael, again, that, there's – go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. 22 and on a rookie contract. Yeah. They have Correct. all four under contract for the next three years, and Jokic will be 28 in three years. So, I mean, right. dude, you have to say that they are a ginormous title favorite in the next three seasons. They have so much talent. Let me, let me ask you this, too. So you look at the youngness of Denver, but you also look at the youngness of someone like a team like Dallas. Yes. I mean, they got some young studs. I mean, dude, you guys heard it here on the Kang Gang show. <laughs> that I was ruling over Luka Doncic, <laughs> you know? And that's, yes, that's yes. before he did the, you know, before he played this Correct. series. I, yeah. I, and my man crush has intensified. It has blossomed, Co. <laughs> it, is, it is full. Gotcha. It well, is listen, that's just, that's Dallas. Let's get back to Utah Jazz. <laughs> All right. We I'm can talk sorry. about Dallas in a few minutes. I want to get back. Yeah. I want to, I want to know what makes your blood boil. What makes your, what makes your finger, fingers tingle about the Utah Jazz? Well, I mean, you know, I, I was lucky. So when I was growing up, when I was younger, um, my, my dad for work had a season tickets and they were, they were good season tickets, man. I like, I, I've been close enough that I can interact with the players from our seats. And okay. uh, I've gotten to go to a lot of really good games in my life, man. And, uh, you know, Did you go to any Bulls game? Did you go to uh, any Bulls game back so, in the I, did you? Did you? Did you? I didn't go to a Bulls game. I, I would have been very young, but I actually have a cool story where I went to a Rockets game in the Western Conference okay. Finals and uh, got to meet Charles Barkley as a young kid. Very nice man. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, 
But anyways, you know, I've seen good games. If you remember the game, I believe it was 2007, um, where Derek Fisher flew back from New York because he was with yep. his daughter, and uh, he played yep. the second half. I was at that game. I was at every okay. game in the series. Okay. And, you know, man, there's just – I love I love the jazz. I, I'm very much a us against the world type of guy. Oh, and that's and, the same thing with the University of Miami. Exactly. It's us against the world. Because yeah, everybody man. hates us. I think that's why I'm drawn to the Canes, you know? Okay. Um, and you know, no one respects Utah. I mean, if you think about it, we've been one of the most successful NBA franchises. We haven't won a title. Who never won anything. Who never won anything? We have won anything. <laughs> but if you think about it, like We've been one of the like the NBA staples in terms of playoff teams for thirty something years, man. And people correct still don't give us any respect. Correct. You know? And and so but it's like it's like you guys are always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, and you that's know? is is true. And you know, I think that just adds to it, right? Is because but you have been the bride, just left at the altar. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that just adds to it, you know, because we're a small market team. You know, we have. Yeah. You know, two of two of the most dominant players of all time. Uh, you know, Stockton and Malone. Yep, and then I mean, we've had some other great players come through here. You know, Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur had some great teams. You really just said Boozer? Really, the Dookie Boozer? <laughs> you picked him over Hornacek? Really? Like of all <laughs> just, the people you picked? Look, just asking. <laughs> jazz fans usually hate Boozer, but he had some years where he's doing twenty six and twelve. And, yeah, and I, not don't, bad. I don't think people remember that, but he was pretty good when he was here in Utah. So, and, and we, we kind of disowned him after he went to Chicago. We weren't big fans. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, it, it, there's just an us against the world mentality. We never get coverage on ESPN. Even when we're good, people are doubting, you know, like take this year, for example, I was convinced that we had the third best roster on paper in the NBA. And, okay. uh, you know, like, People are laughing at me still. So it, it's just that mentality, man. I love it. I, I love everything about it. The, the Jazz Stadium, if you go, is it's very vertical. Um, you know, I've been to games at Staples Center, TD Garden, Madison Square Garden, and that's a very horizontal layout. If you're in the 20th row, you feel like you're pretty far away. But where the Jazz play, it's a small city block where the stadium is situated. And so, I mean, you're sitting right on top of the court. Even if you're upper bowl, like, you feel like you're right over the hardwood. And it gets gotcha. loud in there, man. It gets loud. So, I don't know. It, it's hard to put words to it, man. But I, I just – I love the Jazz. Us against the world, man. Us against well, the listen, world. You, you got to love something. And if you're going to love the Jazz, then love the Jazz. I mean, probably – 98% of the world probably doesn't agree with you, but you know what? <laughs> the 2% do. You know what that I mean? That makes me so, love it more, man. That's what makes hey, me love it more. Listen, and that's what makes our show great, right? We're so diversified. Here it is. You're, you're, you're a Utah Jazz fan and a Utah Utes fan, unless you're a Utah State fan. I'm not sure which one you are. So, so um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Utah State alum, but I – Oh, I gotcha. Of, but I'm you're a Ute. I'm not a you. That that's Marsh, who you're thinking of. But uh, Mar- Marsh is a you. So so I, I mean again. So you you follow the Canes. So you're a Canes yeah. fan. Yep. So you don't like the Utes? No. You know I try to stay out of that rivalry between them and BYU. But I actually lean yeah. BYU. You, you more of a Cougar? So you're a Cougar. I'm more of a Cougar. Not than like. So like, are you like a Cougar Cougar, or are you just like like a Cougar? Like I'm trying to figure out what kind of cougar you are. I, like, I, don't, I don't identify with the cougars, man. When it comes to college football, I'm all kings. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, like I, I thought of you were a Ute and Marsh was a Ute. Yeah. I could just call you guys the two Utes. You know, the two Utes. Yeah. <laughs> As one of my favorite movies is, yeah. you know, my cousin Vinny and Joe Pesci, the two Utes. You know, the two. Yeah. Did you just say the two Utes? <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Like. I just watched him in another movie. Um, I believe it was called The Irishman. It's probably about a year ago it came out, but it was with like Joe Pesci and Al Pacino yeah. and like you see All how old Joe Pesci yeah. looks. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you see how old Joe Pesci looks right now. But like my cousin Vinny was just phenomenal. Just yeah. just a phenomenal movie. You know, no no matter how you spend it, it was a phenomenal movie. Yeah. But so I wanted to talk about something that happened yesterday. University of Miami got a huge commitment. Four-star athlete Chase Smith 
out of Palm Bay. Um, his dad was a tight end for University of Miami back in the mid '80s. I think you know '84, '85. Um, so kind of a legacy kid. Um, I never want to put that type of title on any kid because you know what? Because your dad played somewhere and you're gonna yeah. go there, make your own name, right? Yeah, but that's huge. You know, you can almost look at him and his size, 6'3", 6'4", 190. Um, you can play a couple of different positions, especially now with the striker position. Yeah. You know, you're literally making this defense something that's going to be worthwhile watching. Yeah, he played a lot of wide receiver in high school. which is, I don't know if he's going to transition on the offensive side of the ball here. I, I would – listen, you never know, right? It, never it, know. What I'm saying, I, I agree with you there. I don't think he'll play offense here. But what I'm saying, though, is that's not bad to have that with a linebacker. That's great. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's great to you know have to a for. linebacker you can, with you know to look for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. I mean, the last person that I think kind of fit that mold that we kind of had that size was like Ray Ray Armstrong. You know, yes. you look back with Ray Ray. I don't think Ray Ray – lived up to the caliber when he played at UM and what he could have been. Like, I think if he had a different type of defense, like I think if Ray Ray played in this type of defense, he'd be stupid good. Stupid yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I could say that for probably a couple other people too. Chicolo, I think. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you look at some of the oh, past dude. players Chicolo. that literally would have, yeah, would have benefited tremendously from this type of defense, right? Yeah. Um, so, but that that's a big, that's a big get. Now that, that only leaves – um, that only leaves a couple spots left open for 20 for 21, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, are you still on the Jake Garcia bandwagon or have you kind of like got off that train? Yes and no. I mean, here's my take is I think Jake is a great prospect. I would love him. I think we need a quarterback this class. I know you don't entirely agree with that, um, but I still love Tyler Van Dyke. It, it's, I'm not going to be crying if we don't get him but I would love yeah. to get Jake Garcia. I think he's a great prospect. I think what it does too is, and again, I just don't think he comes here. And I've said this for months yeah. when, you know, I just don't think he comes here. Now, if he does come here, say if he does, yeah. I just think that brings competition. And that's great. You know, and, and, and I'm all about competition. Yeah. To me, that's one of the greatest things that you can have as a college athlete or any athlete. I don't care if you're six years old in peewee. You know, if you got competition, that's going to bring – that should bring out the best in you. Should make you strive to do better. Should make you want to do better, you yeah. know. Now look up at mommy and daddy and like, no, he took my spot. No, like <laughs> yeah. go out there and ball, you yeah. know, play. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I, I would love to land Jake Garcia, but I'm not worried about Tyler Van Dyke at all. I feel very comfortable with him in our quarterback room. I just uh, – I am I definitely want to keep the cupboard full. Because, no, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, and there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. I agree there because all it takes is one bad hit, um, an injury, next man up. Okay, well then now your fourth string or your third string now becomes your second and your third. So you gotta have now people are forgetting about like Peyton Machoda. He's still there. Ryan Rizik, he's still there. Don't know if they're ever gonna play or not, but at least they have you know quarterbacks on the roster. Um, you know, and who's to say that Derek King doesn't come back with this new rule from the NCAA and play again yeah. next year? We don't know what's going to happen. For sure. And, and, I tell you what, though, if he balls out, if he balls out this yeah. year, I think he leaves. But yeah. I think if he has a, a good season, maybe even a great season, because I don't think that he is classified as a quarterback going into the NFL. Yeah. I think he's more, more a receiver or an athlete. Um, but, again, does he want to play quarterback at the next level? I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? All I know is right now he's playing quarterback for the University of Miami. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, reading the tea leaves, and, and I mean, it's all conjecture. Reading the tea leaves, it, it seems to me that he does want to play quarterback at the next level. I know his teammates are, are talking about that, which would lead me to believe that that's kind of what he's talking about, you know. His teammates are saying, oh, you know, he'll be a quarterback in the NFL, that kind of stuff. That makes me think that that's, that's kind of the confidence that De'Ara King is carrying around the locker room. Right. Um, so, you know, who knows? It, it remains to be seen. You know, if he blows up and, and there's an NFL team that's telling him, hey, we'd love you in the third round as a slot receiver because we think you're so explosive, then, you know, that might be too good to turn down. 
But if Correct. he's very committed to playing quarterback, you know, maybe he takes an extra year at the University of Miami just to keep doing what he loves, what he's passionate about. And open up that next year against Alabama. Oh, I would love that. I would love to see oh. the King be playing against Alabama for us. You know, I think that would be everybody's, like, best thing right now. Because, again, I'm not taking nothing away from Cozy. I'm not taking anything away from TVD. But if you got literally another, like, I guess he would be a sixth-year senior, <laughs> somebody who been there, ran the system moving forward, I would take my chances with that. Um, yeah, so it would be exciting to see. And, and, again, there's a couple other people that, you know, again, what happens with, like, people like Brevin Jordan – or Quincy Roche, like, do they decide to stick around or do they just try to test the waters? Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and you know, not to change the subject, but uh, before we got too far away from Chase Smith's commitment, I wanted to say yeah. one thing. And that is that linebacker is the position that we have struggled the most to recruit at in yeah. the Manny Diaz era of defense. And so this is huge. I, I love getting a highly desired linebacker because we have struggled the most to recruit a linebacker. And I think his body frame will allow him to put on some size. I mean, it's 6'4", 190 right now. You know, again, you typically want your linebackers 210 and, you know, 215. You know, again, if you're going to play a hybrid type striker, you know, you need somebody with a little bit of size on them. Um, but like 190 is more of a yeah. corner <laughs> receiver. I, like I, I don't see you playing linebacker at 190. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Coach Feely's putting in the Gatorade there in the locker Ooh. room. But, but it seems like these guys gain 30 pounds in in a few days when they meet Coach Feely. I'm telling you, these boys are looking ripped, man. They're looking big. Man. They are. You since know, since the can, day uh, he got here, everyone has been shredded and huge, and I don't know what he's working. You know, I know a few people on staff, and, yeah. like, I feel like that was the best hire yeah. that the University of Miami has made. Not with Diaz and not with anybody else, but that David, Coach David Feely is probably their best hire. Interesting. I yell at him all the time. Like, when he's walking by, I just yell, Feely! <laughs> and he gets, well, he gets all animated, and he loves hearing it. And he turns around and gets all excited. And I just keep I point at him, like, Feely, you're the man, Feely! Next thing he just starts cracking up laughing, man. You that's know, but good. again, that's something that I do. I just I love yelling at the coaches to get them. Listen, if we're gonna try to lift a like lift the players up and like the student athletes and get them all excited, why can't we get the coaches? Like I love yelling at Coach Rump, right? I call I don't even call him Coach Rump. I call him eight. What's good, eight? Yo, eight, because I I'm a firm believer in giving former players or current players the respect that they are entitled by calling them by their number. Yeah. I feel like that's – I feel like that means more to them. That This, this is just my opinion. Um, I love calling them, like, you know, with Shaq and, and Pinckney and McLeod. Like, what's up, 5'3"? What's up, 5'6"? Yo, yo, double nickels. What's good, man? Like, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy calling them. You know, with, with Mike, every time I see him, like, Mike, what's good, eh? Yo, eh, what's up? And then he'll, he'll always look at me as he's walking by, and he'll hold up three fingers. You know what that three fingers symbolizes? What is it? It's going to take three mother blinking <laughs> things. You know what those three, three things are? What are they? Lay it on me. That's going to be an Al Blades quote. Hit stick, bust bleep, talk bleep. <laughs> and if you are out there and you understand what I'm saying, it's going to take three bleeping things. Yeah. It stick, bust bleep, talk bleep. Yep, I love it, man. I love it. But see, that's what these kids got to get back to, man. They got to get back to that heritage. They got to get back to that 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 cane way. I should yeah. trademark that the cane way. Well, you heard it here first on the Cane Gang Radio Show. <laughs> cane way. It's the yeah. cane way. I'm gonna make me a shirt that says the cane way. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I just thought of that. That is dope. That is you, you got to get on that, man. You got to get on the that. Gang. Oh, so speaking of that, uh, my my buddy just I got I got our shirts made for the Kang Gang Radio Show. Um, oh, I I had them made and uh, they're being printed. I saw the white ones today, so I got them in white and I got them in black. 
So we'll be uh, cool. being able to uh, – maybe when we have guests on the show, we'll shoot them a shirt and, yeah. you know, things like that. So if you guys want a T-shirt, Kang Gang, special shout-out to uh, my boy AB out there for the, for the creative logo. Um, but if you, if you want a T-shirt um, – well, I'm going to try to get some stickers made too. AB's going to hook us up with some stickers. Um, we can talk about that later. So anyway, we're up, we're up against the clock. I hate this clock thing. I like <laughs> I know, to just man. talk. I, know. I hate it. We we're need up a against the break. Show. Larry, you heard that. So anyway, <laughs> we're up against the break. We'll be back on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. It's the Kang Gang Show. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is... It's Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Guess who's back? Back again. Tell your friends we're on the air. Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy DC with the J Man. Remember last week I did that little Eminem version? Well, yeah. I tried to. Well, here's another one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we're back. Kang Gang Radio Show. Sirius XM Channel 145. Slam, slam radio. J Man. Been a good show so far. I love it. I dude, we uh we always do good shows, Co. <laughs> I think so. I, I think so. Yeah, who's back? I guess it's not shady. Co is back, back again. <laughs> On the mic, tell your friends. All right. Anyway, so I so I wanted to ask you. Um, I mean, you were talking about the cane way, right? You were talking the cane about way. Those three Listen, things. Listen, and that is copyrighted. That's copyrighted. <laughs> So anybody out there, listen, I copyrighted Caneway. So if, if I see it anywhere, I'm coming for your throats. Caneway, copyrighted, trademarked by your man, DC. So, yeah, let's talk about the Caneway. Okay. And, and you know, so you were talking about the three things, man. You were saying that that, that is what our guys need to get back to. And my it, question for you, I mean, you're a guy that understands the Caneway, right? Correct. You, you've been around a long time. You've put yeah. a lot of time. You put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and money into this program. 
I've probably put more money than blood, sweat, and tears, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe a lot of sweating because the Orange Bowl used to get really hot. But yeah, yeah so yeah, so, I've been there. You know, and, and a I've lot of emotion, it. right? This is important to you. Yeah, that's important. Correct. So I trust you. I trust you on this. There's a lot of talk about the last recruiting class that we've had, the true freshmen currently on campus. Woo! Manny was hyping them up. Manny was telling us when the bottom was falling out last year, he right. said that there's a lot of true canes in this new class. We're being Correct. very careful about the guys that we are putting in this new class. We have seen guys like Xavier Restrepo, Tyler Van Dyke, um, who else? Jalen Knighton, Corey. We're, we're seeing these guys. We're seeing these guys put their money where their mouth is. They're right. putting in the extra work. They're running sprints on, you know, the, the volleyball courts, the beach. They're, uh, they're working out extra, man. They're, they're making waves in the scrimmages. Do you buy into that hype? Do you think that this new class understands the cane way? You know, it's funny that you say that because I look at, I look at the 2020 class and I look at some of the guys you mentioned and the mentality and the ambition and the drive and the desire that some of these young guys have is what is symbolic back in the old days. And I'm talking about like the Melvin Brattons and the Alonzo Highsmiths and the Jerome Browns and um, Cortez Kennedys and Warren Saps and, you know, just that was the Kane way. Like you, you had a chip on your shoulder. You had an attitude. You had a hunger that just because I'm a freshman, I'm going to get me some PT. And while I've talked about this before, I don't care if you're a freshman. If you can ball, you put that work in, and you shouldn't have to have the upperclassmen with the entitlement type of, you know, privileges. It's, I'm a freshman. I'm going to eat. I'm going to take your job. I want that smoke. And that's the king way. Yeah. And that's the only way. Like, that should be embedded in your mind. When you put that helmet on, when you put that you on the side of that helmet, and you strap that helmet up, there should only be only one way that you're that you're going, and that is the cane way. Oh, I love this, the cane way. <laughs> but it's not just the 2020 class. I think it's starting with the 2020 class. But you look at the 21 class. You look at kids like Brantley, uh, Cameron Kitchens, yeah. James Williams, yes. uh, Troutman. Like you look at some of these cats that are like like hungry. Tim Burns, like you know Leonard Taylor. You know, you know, you look at some of these cats that are getting ready to come onto this campus. They coming for the, they're coming for your throats. They want to get on the field. They want to play. But that's the mentality you have to have. Like that's the old school mentality. That's the old Al Blades, Benny Blades, Brian Blades. Oh, I love the Blades. Let me tell you, just those are like my favorite people. Like just hands down. But like that's the type of mindset that these young kids have to have. I, I wish Coach Diaz would take some of like the 20 class and the 2021 class and let them watch. Like, let's take a Leonard Taylor, right? Five star defensive tackle. Let him watch film of Jerome Brown, of Cortez Kennedy, of Vince Wolfork. Like, show how, show, show this, these young kids how the older guys did it. You want to take our safety, you want to take Cam Kitchens. You know, again, you, you've already read about it this past week. People like Gervin Hall and Amari Carter just soaking up the knowledge that Ed Reed is, is telling them. Like, how viable is that having Ed Reed in your locker room and at your practice facilities and, and trying to just instruct you? Like, that's just beneficial. There's no other school out there that can touch what Miami produces, right? I know we've been down in our records the last couple of years. But you're still putting talent in the NFL every year. Let's look at this past year. This past year, DJ Dallas goes out to uh, Seattle. He gets drafted in the fourth round. They're praising him out there in Seattle for his work ethic, for his ball handling skills, you know, for his catching. You know, like he, he's getting praised out there. Who was out there before him? Travis Homer. 
yeah. praising him. I mean, Miami, just because our, we're having losing seasons, we still produce pure talent to the NFL. And that's what's good to see. Agreed. And I think it's only going to get better. I think this year is going to even get better. I mean, we didn't have someone picked in the fourth round last year. Shaq was our first pick in the fourth round. Yeah. Like Shaq's balling out there in Jacksonville. We got a, we got a top ten pick coming. Greg Rousseau. Maybe He's top five. Yeah. Maybe top five. Maybe. I want to see what he does. Let him do his workouts. Just see I, what kind of freak Groot is. <laughs> yeah, especially because he's going to have professional trainers now. I mean, he's already signed with an agent. He's going to have Correct. professional level training for the next yeah, yeah. year. He's going to destroy the combine. He's a freak. And, and hopefully, yeah, and hopefully he doesn't take his gift for granted. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't just sit there and become lazy. You know, yeah. he, and we talked about this in our first couple shows, you know, People like Trevor Lawrence. Do you play? Do you not play? I just saw something yesterday late on the news about Nebraska is trying to sue the Big Ten because the vote – something about the vote. They're trying to sue – the players are trying to sue the Big Ten because literally what the Big Ten did and what the Pac-12 are doing, it's literally ruining these kids' careers. You yeah. know, Some of these kids probably don't want to have to come back another year, but now they can't play. Yeah. I mean, it's irresponsible. It really is. And there's, if, there's to me, if, to me, if it, and I'm sorry, Jordan, but if, to me, if you have three predominant conferences out of the Power Five saying we're going to play, why are you? Why are two conferences backing out? I don't get it. I don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me. I understand the pandemic, and, and I understand that it's real. Um, I understand that you have to be cautious. But if that's the case, why are three conferences still? deciding to play that's what i don't understand there's a lot i don't understand yeah a lot well i don't understand this <laughs> you know it, it's a thick topic to get into man it really is and and unfortunately we'd probably have to talk more politics than either either of us want to to really dig into this issue but um, you know so so playing off of playing off of what we we're just talking about the caneway I have a, a fun question for you. It's, it's, it's an sure. activity or a mental exercise, you know? Oh, boy. I, I want you to give me four or five players that you think understood the Caneway in the wrong era. And by the wrong era, I mean 2005 to 2020. Give me your top four or five guys that belonged on those Ken Dorsey, Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey teams that only due to when they were born, they couldn't make it. Uh, all right. Um, no particular order. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Sean Spence. Oh, I love that one. I love that one. That would have been, if not my first pick, my second pick would have been Sean Spence. I just thought Sean Spence brought something different. Yeah. Um, you know, coming out of Northwestern with um, those other guys, um gosh man sean was just something different He's you know again it, animal yeah and then again so when i talk about the cane way it's mentally that's that's what that was about so sean spence um duke johnson okay and again so you look at a running back perspective right like you know if you go back to that ken dorsey andre johnson you know, again, you're, you're talking running backs. You're talking about Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Najee Davenport, Willis McGahee. Where does Duke fit in on, on that squad? You know what I mean? But it's different. But, like, Duke had that, you know, again, he was Miami through and through. He could have went to Alabama. He could have went to any school he wanted to. He chose to stay home and play for the University of Miami. You know, so that's why I would put I would put him in there. Um Came, who else would I have put in there? There's a lot, man. There's a lot. I would, and I'm trying to look at positions of yeah. like where where were they, and where would they have played at if you're trying to you know go back from 05 to now. Um, would you say 05 to what year? To current? Yeah, 05 to now. I, I you know I I think we're in one of the darker periods of Miami history since since 1983. Um, you know, this is one of the darker periods. So, so I think, yeah, let's, let's do 2005 to now. Oh man. Um, can I submit one? I, I want to hear your opinion sure. on this one. Cause this sure. would have been my jump off the page first pick. Um, 
but you know, I, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on this one because I was nine years old when the 2002 team was, was at their peak. Um, sure. Denzel Perryman is my first pick. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so he would have been my first pick, but no, Denzel was great. Denzel had that, he had that that drive and that demeanor. Like it was, I don't know if I can use, use that word, um, beat to the walls. Like it was, like that's how he played, right? Like literally, like full throttle. Denzel yeah. was great. Loved 52. Loved him. Loved him play. Loved watching, you know, and it was a great person too. Wasn't just a great player. He was a great person. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. Um, and, you know, you look at coaching, like, so even the coaching back then, you know, like, you know, your mindset on who you would have had coaching you as well. Yeah. Um, it's hard, right? Cause you look at some of the people that I thought turned out that could have turned out to be so good. And yet I don't want to call them bust. Cause I don't believe anybody's ever a bust. I just think they were like a, a product of a bad situation. Is that a good, is that a good analogy for instead of saying bust? Yeah, and, and I think that's – I mean, that's very diplomatic, but you're right in that there's a lot that goes into this. Someone – okay, this this will be a name that you probably know, Yeah. but Jonathan Feliciano. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he played play, – Played for the I mean, Bills, Mongo. Yeah, yeah. But, he's still in the NFL, right? Correct. But, I mean, he – the mentally and, and mentality-wise, like, he gets it. He knew what it was about. You know, he, he's an old ugly, you know, cause yeah. he's all, you know, old, you know, the old linemen are just big uglies yeah. and, uh, but yeah, he got it. Like he, he yeah. knew what it was about, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like, mean, I like Feliciano. He was one of the anchors of the best offensive line that we've had in a long time. That 2004 or 2014 offensive line was very, very good. Yeah. The 2013, 2013, uh, line was good with Linder yeah. Feliciano, um, Central Henderson, like you had guys like that that yeah. were on that line. It was, it was really good. Was, yeah. yeah. Really good. Um trying to think of someone on the offense besides Duke who I thought could have could have um Alan Hearns was a good was, you know, he yeah. understood the Kane Wagon, you what know, about, local kid from Carroll City. What about Hank? What what about Leonard Hankerson? I mean he's he's not, good. He's not a prime time, you know, headline wide receiver on a great Miami team, but no, I mean, but he was him, durable, a, a reliable, like third and seven. You're hitting Hank on a slant route type of guy. Yeah. Because you know what? He had, he had just massive hands, man. He caught yeah. everything. He was like, like his hands were like glue. Yeah. Um, and that's what they thought all Darius Johnson was going to be when, you know, he yeah. came out of Northwestern as well. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some guys out there. Um, you know, again, you look at that, you look at that 08 class that came in, like Marcus Forston was, you know, yeah. you know, five-star defensive tackle didn't really turn into much, um, but I, I I think that's where we lose the mindset. Like, and I think you know, and again, you hear it from over the years. Like Michael Urban, you know, said it best. Like you had a responsibility to carry what the guy before you, you know, gave you. Yeah. You know, so when you have people like Michael Irvin passing the torch to you know, the next guy and then the next guy. And then, you know, you got people like Santana and Andre and, you know, they're passing the torch on to, you know, the people like Alan Hearns, you know, and Leonard Hankerson, like they got to turn around and pass that on to the next people, yeah. you know, you know, you look at the running backs, like with McGahee and Portis and all them. And, you know, they giving that to Javaris and then Lamar and Damian and Duke and, you know, so on and so forth. It's the responsibility of that of that next generation to hold that weight, you know. And I think that's where the mindset. And I think a lot of it has to do with social media, like you know. And I know we're we're getting close to the end of our show, but I, that's why I feel like social media, um, and you know these recruiting sites and ESPNs and all these have really been making, you know, these kids. I don't want to call them prima donnas, but literally, I think that's what they've become. You know, you yeah. should be hungry. Like, that's why I like people like James Williams and, and Troutman and these other guys in kitchens. Like, they're not really worried about what, you know, people are ranking them. They know what they can bring to the table. And that's what I'm excited to see is the next, the next generation of Canes and what they're going to bring to the table. They need to bring that, you know, they need to bring that mentality and understand the Kane way. 
You know, there's no other way but the Kane way. I'm telling and, you, man. It's and and so with that, I mean, we need to wrap up. We got just a few seconds here, man. But I've just loved doing this show. This is what our fifth episode. I love it. Listen, it's the Kang Gang Radio Show. This your boy Co DC with the J Man here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. Be good, everybody. J Man, you out? I'm out, man. Peace. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.